Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to kick off the NBA second half to review the Thursday slate of seven games. So we are ready to get after it. Fired up after this All-Star break. Hopefully everybody enjoyed All-Star weekend. I know Saturday was a, a big dud with uh, that dunk contest and everything that went on. But uh, Sunday made up for it for me anyway. I enjoyed the game and that halftime ceremony with the 75 uh, top players uh, was pretty awesome, man. I, I, you know, as a basketball historian, I really loved it. So I hope everybody enjoyed that and it got you fired up uh, here for the NBA. We really, it, we call it the halfway point, but we're really pretty much two thirds of the way through this season. And the cool thing about it is, you know, the NBA has the best uh, commissioner in pro sports in Adam Silver and instituting that, you know, 10 teams get in that that play in for that ninth and 10th team has really uh, kept almost everybody in the hunt. I mean, there's only two or three teams out of all 30 teams that are hopelessly out of it. Uh, the rest of them have a legit shot. So it creates more interest. It creates a lot more competitiveness. And for DFS, it really helps us because, you know, we don't have to put that factor in just yet of who's going to sit players, you know, are they going to, you know, timeshare folks because they're out of it. That kind of stuff uh, adds certainly uh, some, some different issues into building lineups, but we don't have a ton of that at least uh, yet. So that's going to be fun in, uh, in this uh, last third of the season for DFS purposes. Um, also, we want to talk about, you know, uh, most of the, the information is in. We've got our lines. We know pretty much the news of the players. Uh, there may be some things that break prior to uh, lock uh, for the Thursday slate. And what we're going to do is uh, this, we want to get this out there so everybody could build some lineups, get their, uh, you know, strategy in and, and get those contests selected so that they don't get uh, shut out because I know everybody's going to be chomping at the bit to get back in there uh, and dive in head first. So uh, what we want to do is go over everything here and then Thursday uh, late afternoon before lock we'll go in with some updates, any other player news, anything that's going to affect the slate. So there will be a secondary uh, podcast to this one that will follow up. All right. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Prize Picks for being our sponsor. Go to prizepicks.com. Uh, you can sign up there. Use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, and get a 100% match on your first deposit all the way up to 100 bucks. All right. Let's dive in and talk about some player news uh, that we want to look at that is going to uh, possibly affect this uh, slate Thursday. Uh, we found out that uh, Ben Simmons' debut is several weeks away. So those that were looking forward to see how he was going to mix in, uh, you know, is it's going to be a while before he suits up for the Nets. So we'll keep a, a close eye on that as time goes on. Uh, Draymond Green will be out for another three to four weeks. So, you know, that's getting closer and closer to the playoffs. That's a concern. Uh, Dennis Smith was released by the Trailblazers. That'll affect that rotation a bit. Uh, Landry Shamit uh, is expected to be back for this game, as well as Cameron Payne. Those two guys 
had missed uh, a handful of games prior to the break. Uh, Paul George is expected back uh, maybe in two weeks in that neighborhood, uh, right after the first week of March. Uh, the big news over the weekend, uh, obviously, Chris Paul with a thumb uh, ligament tear. Uh, he's going to be out six to eight weeks and then just be evaluated at that point. So it looks like he's probably going to be out until the playoffs begin. So that definitely affects a lot of DFS maneuvering, uh, you know, with Booker and, uh, you know, Cameron Payne, Landry Shamit, the whole group. Uh, so we'll talk more about that. Dylan Brooks also uh, looking to come back in about two weeks. That will definitely impact the Grizzlies uh, lineup. And uh, really, that's about it. Uh, Zach Levine had a little bit of knee issue, but he was fine. He played in the All-Star game. And that's the main news I just wanted to touch on uh, as we go into this uh, breakdown of the games. All right, let's go right after it. I'm fired up here to get in and get going. You, you don't realize how much you miss basketball until you have some days off with no hoops. So uh, here we go. First game, 7 p.m. It's the only 7 o'clock game. It is the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Detroit Pistons. Uh, you know, the other thing I'll mention as I read this line, it's really odd because we have a seven-game slate and six of the road teams are the favorite. So that's really interesting. That doesn't happen often, and it definitely has some effect on, on our DFS builds because, you know, the home team generally has – an advantageous spot, but with these lines evening more because we've got road favorites, uh, we're going to use that in our uh, building strategies uh, going forward uh, for this Thursday slate. All right, Cleveland's favored by eight and a half. The total is 215. Um, interesting here, we have Cleveland with only the 26th pace in the league and Detroit 12th. So that is... Uh, you know, a little bit below average, certainly for this game. The low total is not great, um, but it is a bit of a pace up game for Cleveland, which will help uh, those guys. Defensively, we know Cleveland's tough. They're fourth. Detroit is all the way down to 25th. So as we look at this game, obviously, you know, we had the Garland and Allen coming off the all-star high here. You know, I think they'll get a little boost from that. But from their side, you know, Garland looked fantastic in the whole weekend. I mean, he's just a rising star in this league and is, is square in play here. Uh, he's 7'9", so it is, you know, not cheap, but he's not in that upper echelon of pricing for how much he's really, uh, you know, used in that offense. His usage rates are great. Uh, he is definitely somebody I would consider here. Other than that, you got the two bigs, Mobley at 7K and Jared Allen at 7.6. So their prices have now floated down a bit, especially Mobley. Uh, and they're both usable against this poor uh, Detroit, uh, Detroit defense. After that, Karis Levert, you know, I'm, I'm a big Levert guy. He's 7.3, but as of now, he's still coming off the bench, which is a little annoying. Uh, I think I don't understand why he's not starting, but I'm projecting Garland, Okora, Wade, Mobley, and Allen to start. And Levert's still going to get really good minutes, but it's just, it bugs me a li little to spend the 7-3 if he's not, you know, going to get 
huge minutes from the starting spot. Now, he will close the game more than likely, so that's a plus. But let's keep an eye on Levert uh, for this next week or so and see how that six-man role is going to play for him. Other than that, Kevin Love at 6-2, certainly an option here as well. Uh, from the Detroit side, you have a, a cheap Corey Joseph at 3-9 uh, who could get in there uh, and, and be effective. He'll get Garland defense. That's one thing Garland's not terrific at is defensively. Um, Cade Cunningham at 6-6 is a great price. A lot of people are going to be uh, drawn to him. He is probably going to get Isaac Okoro defense, and the one thing Okoro does well is defend on the perimeter. So not leaning initially to Cunningham here, even though that price uh, is very seductive, if you will. Sadiq Bey at 6'5", had it going before the break. Uh, he is a good option in here. Jeremy Grant, who's got to be scratching his head a little bit. I think he was expecting to be moved or have a different uh, opportunity with a team that's uh, playoff bound, but not so much with Detroit, but he is a dirt cheap 5'9", for you know something that we know he can do, which is 45, 50 uh, points, uh, fantasy points. So, you know, Grant in play at, at 5'9". Also, you have Isaiah Stewart, who's uh, not going to really target him here. He's 4'9", which is very cheap, and it's nice, you know, punt option at center. But against the double bigs of Mobley and Allen is going to be a really tough deal for him. Uh, you know, my concern is foul trouble and just being undersized at center and then having to face two seven-footers, actually three almost, uh, if if they start getting um, uh, the – our who is it from the Bulls? Our guy is back. I can't think of his name. Uh, I'll think of it, though. Scream it, scream it at your, your phone or your computer or whatever. Markinen, Laurie Markinen. Yes, you win. Um, and so he may uh, be back in the mix here too. Uh, so we'll see. But other than that, on you know, coming off the bench, you've got Marvin Bagley. Can't recommend him just yet. Uh, I do think Kelly Olinick's gonna get a lot of run. He'd be the bench guy at a really cheap three-six that you could roll out there in a GPP because they're gonna need his size and experience against those bigs from Cleveland. All right, let's go on to game two. There's one 7:30 game here. It's the Boston Celtics at the Brooklyn Nets. Boston's favored by five. It has the exact same total of 215. So these two early games are the two lowest totals uh, on the board. So slow start from the DFS side in these first two games anyway. We've got... Um, Boston, the 24th in pace, Brooklyn 11th. Uh, but again, you know, some of those Brooklyn numbers were with some of the guys that are currently out. It's a home game, so still no Kyrie until that rule changes, which could happen very soon. And then uh, from a defensive standpoint, we know Boston has been absolutely just lights out defensively. They're all the way up to second in the league defensively, and they have been holding teams down. Uh, Brooklyn's hung in there, even with this second group shift of guys they have. They're just under the midpoint at 17th. So interesting uh, matchup here. We know Brooklyn, you know, like one in 12 in their last 13 games. And they're, you know, plummeting to, uh, to the bottom 
of uh, the playoff group in the East, which they were first at one time. So uh, now knowing, you know, that there's not going to be Simmons probably for weeks and we still have Durant out, it could be an ugly stretch here for Brooklyn. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, does this game stay close? Boston's only favored by five. So Vegas thinks it will. Uh, the total's rough, though. It's tough with Boston. You know, I, I talk about this dilemma all the time. Jason Tatum's 9-7. Jalen Brown's 8-5. So his price came down a little bit, but they're both expensive, uh, you know, in a game where the, you know, it's it's not the greatest pace in the world that they're playing, certainly not the best defense, but it's hard to pay up for two guys that are, you know, could split uh, as far as the big scores for that team. And then on top of that, you've got Robert Williams, who's up to 7-4. Um, Marcus Smart is not as cheap as he was at 6-2. And then you got 6-3 Derek White in the mix. So the point is, you know, you've got no real value here. Uh, you got to spend up for whatever you get. And there's a lot of miles to feed between Smart, Brown, Tatum, Williams, and White. I know Horford doesn't eat that much anymore, and he's even 5-7. So, you know, there's no real cheap punts here from Boston that you can say, all right, I'm going to get some Boston exposure and get some really good value. I think the option is if you really believe that it stays at that Vegas spread, you're going to get probably a big game out of a couple of these guys. If you want to use your payup spot for a 9-7 Tatum, it's not the worst decision. Brown, a little bit discounted to where he was at 8-5, possibly. Um, and then Robert Williams at 7-4. I mean, he's going to face probably Drummond and Aldridge in a, a mixture of guys inside. And he's played well lately, and he's rested now uh, with this all-star break. So interesting game there. I'm not counting out Boston, but I'm not racing to them either in this low total game. For the Nets, I guess, you know, Patty Mills did have a good game in that last game prior to the all-star break. He was really terrible for about a week and a half. Uh, but maybe, I mean, he's he's a veteran. He's not uh, the youngest guy. So maybe he just was gassed. And this, this break is going to go one of two ways. Either he's going to remain cold um, or, you know, the rest is really going to do him well. Uh, his usage numbers are great with all these guys off the floor, including Kyrie. And he's only 5'3". So that's a huge decision for me. I mean, I was really down on Mills right before the All-Star break, but the usage numbers and how much they're going to need him here at only that 5-3 number is extremely enticing. So I'm going to be looking at that, thinking about that as well. The guy I, th I prefer a little bit, though, as of now, is only 6K Seth Curry. He's still priced down. It looks as though he's going to have a pretty aggressive role in this Nets offense especially with Kyrie out. So Curry's probably going to be a little chalky at that cheap 6K price, but he is probably the number one target on this team. Another bargain value play, Bruce Brown at 4-7. He's getting good minutes, cheap, and, you know, he's he is risky. He can give you an 18-point, you know, fantasy night or a 45-point night and go almost 10X for you. So risky there, but in consideration. Other than that, Andre Drummond at 6'3", a little pricey, certainly can throw 50 burgers on the board at any time, but he does have arrested LaMarcus Aldridge that's going to be splitting time. Nick Claxton 
and Blake Griffin also a bit in the mix. So I don't think I'm going to race to Drummond, but he certainly could be in an optimal lineup and is not what I would consider a bad play. All right, let's move on to game three. It's the Atlanta Hawks and Chicago Bulls. We have a nice total here. First jump up. It's the uh, second biggest total on the, on the board. Atlanta is the only road dog. So we've got Chicago favored at home by four. The 229 total, which is good. Pace, not the best, though. Atlanta 20th, Chicago 15th, so a little below average. Defensive is bad, though. Atlanta's down to 28th, which, you know, can't get much worse than that. And they're trying to make the playoffs. Chicago has plummeted to 20th. And I know we brought this up quite a bit before the All-Star break, but they were in the top seven at one point. So to go from seven to 20, uh, you're giving up a lot of points. And really all of that has happened since they lost Ball and Caruso. Uh, That backcourt where their two best perimeter defenders by a mile and they have been out and they are still out. So, uh, you know, they need those guys back, I think, to defend it better. But it does make this game much more palatable with them still out. And, uh, you know, it gives us uh, some really good options here. So let's take a look pricing wise. Atlanta, you've got Trey Young at 9'9". Uh, he'll probably get uh, Io Desunmu defense. So that's not maybe the best place to go. I mean, he's certainly can break any slate, but on the road, a big price tag with a really good defender on him is a little bit tough for me to go to. Uh, you do have some cheapness with the rest of the starters, though. Uh, and I'll just mention a few of the bench guys as well. I'm going to bunch them all together because plucking out one or even two guys from this group could be very important uh, to, uh, you know, really putting a winning lineup together. And the fact that Chicago is only a four-point favorite means, you know, they expect Atlanta to stay in this game. Herders 4-6, Hunter 4-5, Gallinari 4-4, Capella 5-8, Bogdanovich 5-4, and I'm also going to mention Okongwu at 3-6 because all of those guys are getting strong rotational minutes. Um, and they're, you know, again, not a really good defensive team, but they will score the ball. So, you know, looking at matchups there, you know, you don't have the best interior defense from Chicago either. And now without that perimeter defense that they had early in the season, uh, you can attack these guys and score. Um, so, you know, this this could be even a higher score than the 229 if these teams are hitting shots um, considerations for Chicago to soon move six K has been getting big minutes. Uh, Zach Levine at eight, seven. I think he gets solid minutes. I just don't see him getting massive minutes, you know, 40 minutes or something in a super close game. Cause even though he's healthy, he's recently had that sore knee. So that is a bit of a concern for me at that eight, seven price. Cheap play, Javante Green at 4-3 has been getting solid minutes, but a little more concerned with him now that the depth is healthy healthy with uh, Derek Jones Jr. and Troy Brown Jr. both coming off the bench. You know, DeMar DeRozan has been absolutely ridiculous. You know, breaking that record of 35 points uh, in a game, seven games in a row, six, seven, I think it's seven maybe, where he shot over 50%. I mean, at 10-7, it's a big commitment, 
but Atlanta really doesn't have anybody to stop them. And people are going to be scared off by that price. But I'm not really scared off by it. I think he's rested. He didn't play a ton in the All-Star game. You know, he should be in, in fairly good shape, you know, to, to go here. There's still been days to rest. I like him, and I'm going to consider him at that 10-7 number. Um, Vuk, you know, I haven't played him much. He's 10-1, so that's another big commitment. I'd prefer really DeRozan in this scenario. I think the the combined defense of Capella and Okongwu are enough to at least keep Vuk from one of his blow-up games, but they are going to get out, going to have to get out and defend him on the perimeter because he will knock down, uh, you know, a handful of threes if you don't. So I'm not saying Vuk's a, a bad play, but at that price, probably going to look elsewhere. All right. Game four, eight o'clock game. There's two eight o'clock games and then two late games. So we actually have a late night slate. So for our Coach Talk members, uh, looks like we may have a two game late after our slate where we'll post some lineups as well. It's the Memphis Grizzlies and Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Memphis is a two point road favorite. So Minnesota's not going to be too thrilled about that because they've been playing some good ball. And we have the first of our back-to-back -back teams here. Minnesota's on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. I don't expect these three teams that have the first night of back-to-backs, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and Phoenix, I don't think it's going to affect them a ton because of this long layoff. But if it does, you know, if the coach is looking at the game, it's a little out of hand at all one way or the other, and he knows he has the game the next night, it, it could cost him two, three, four minutes, which can really, you know, be a lot of fantasy points. So it's worth mentioning and worth considering when you're doing your final build. So again, it's Memphis minus two. Uh, we've got the, the bingo winner here. 241 is the total here. So this is no joke. This is the, the stackable game. This is where a lot of teams are going to look to go. You know, you had some all-star uh, weekend stuff with both of these teams represented. So you're going to see a lot of action here and it's deserved. You've got the third and fourth fastest teams in the league, thus the 241 total. Uh, you've got a, a low spread with Memphis being a two point road favorite. And then, you know, just Minnesota on the first night of a back to back, not a big deal with it being such a break. Defensively though, you know, it's not that bad. Uh, Memphis is seventh, which is very respectable. They've backed up a little bit, you know, the, missing Dylan Brooks for this period of time is, is not helped them defensively, but they're still top 10. So there's nothing wrong with that. Minnesota 16th. So right in the middle of the pack, uh, they have given up points, but they score points in bunches. So where do we want to go here? There's going to be, like I say, a lot of stacking. You're going to get a lot of jaw Moran at 10-4. It's completely understandable. Uh, Desmond Bain at 6-6. Uh, you know, he's been in everybody's eye recently. And then, you know, if you want to go bigger, you got uh, Triple J at 7-1, Steven Adams, that cheap buy down center option at 5-6. So, you know, not a ton of guys I want to race to. There's some other options with that team, but really, you know, Morant, Bain get my most attention. And if I do have a, a punt center buy down, I don't think Adams is the worst play by any stretch at that cheap five, six, he's rested 
And Cat's not exactly a defender or great rebounder. He obviously is the best three-point shooting big man right now, considering he won that. So he can go stay out there, let uh, Adams grab like 15, 16 rebounds, and we'd be happy if we buy down for, for Steven. Uh, on the Minnesota side, it's a little bit more difficult to determine because the prices are a little bit up on the three bigs, you know, the three main guys here, D'Angelo Russell at 7'7", seven, seven, Anthony Edwards at 7'5", and Cat at 9'8". All potential plays here in a big uh, 241 total game. Uh, I don't know how many of them you could buy up to. I mean, maybe Cat and a value play of Beverly at 5K, Jared Vandal, Vanderbilt at 4'6", or even a uh, Jaden McDaniels off the bench, bench at 3'6". Um, you know, Nas Reed's not the worst play at 3'5 in a GPP either. He gets good minutes off the bench. But these teams are freshen, uh, and I think you're going to have to really have either uh, Russell or Edwards. You could get them both if you want to go that route. It's a little risky, though. Um, I, I prefer... If you really want to go all in on this game, uh, probably Ant and Cat together would be nice, or Russell and, and Cat. Uh, but if not, you know, go. You can still stack two guys on each side here with a lot of different options. If you want to use the spend up on Jaw instead of Cat, you know, on that side of the ball, you can do that. So there's a lot of options here, uh, and. The one thing I do know is I'm going to have exposure. Probably three guys from this game. I think it's necessary because I do think it's going to be the highest total on the board uh, when the night is said and done by double digits. I think, you know, 12, 14 points more in this game than any other game on the slate is very uh, possible. And I think you need to have a piece of that. All right. Uh, the other 8 o'clock game is the Phoenix Suns and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, both of these teams, as I mentioned, are on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. Again, I don't expect it to be a huge, uh, you know, adjustment there. The big news here in, in the value spot that opened up and where everybody's going to go, I mean, like everybody and their brother, Cameron Payne is going to be like plastered on everybody's lineups. He's only 4-2. He takes over at the point. We know that he's not shy when he gets in there. So, you know, let's just jump right into that. There are a couple things here, though. Phoenix is favored by 10, so we have our only double-digit double total. It is a 224 total, which is very fair. So, I mean, it's it's a targetable game. Could Phoenix blow them out? Absolutely. But, you know, what is with the impact of Chris Paul not being on the floor? He's been fantastic this year. So there's certainly going to be some step back from that, but they are so much more talented than Thunder. It's not even funny. So there's a little implied risk with stacking up this game uh, with a possibility of a blowout, both teams on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. But I don't think, you know, you have to just cross it off because still 224 is a good number and you have some guys that are going to be great value. Uh, you know, Cameron Payne, somewhat of a free square, I guess. But, you know, is he going to really play all the minutes? You know, they can use Book at point guard. Landry Shamit at three fives, probably going to be, uh, you know, get a lot of minutes off the bench at guard as well. So you can consider that. Uh, you know, where does Chris Paul's assist ratio go to? I mean, it's probably going to be Payne, Shamit, and Booker splitting that 
uh, number. I really do think it'll be spread around, but you're going to get a little bit more, uh, you know, statistically DFS wise of a bump for guys like Mikhail Bridges, even Jay Crowder, uh, you know, and a Cam Johnson. So those guys all can be looked at. DeAndre Ayton at a, a fair price at 6'9", not bad at all, considering the Thunder's interior defense is atrocious. Big men against the Thunder have been smashing them. So Ayton is actually on the radar at that price. I'm um, not a big Ayton fan, but I think this fit is really good. So having the, the free square in pain, maybe a buy up to Ayton or Booker. Booker's going to take on some of that responsibility as well. Uh, I think you know, having definite Phoenix uh, exposure is a great play. On the Thunder side, it's going to be the, you know, the usual suspects. Do you want to pay up for Josh Giddy at 8-4? Certainly an option. He's a triple-double waiting to happen. Trey Mann's been solid at 5K, but some of his backups are now going to be back. Aaron Wiggins, they they signed for multi-year contract. He's 3-6. Lou Dort at 6-1, you know, is certainly a guy that can pop in there and make his number, but not a guy I'm racing to. Darius Baisley's been their most consistent big in the last two weeks before the All-Star break, but he's all the way up to 6'8", which is just a little too rich for my blood. After that, you've got Isaiah Roby, 3'7", but he's going to split time with Poku at 4'1". Just a lot of guys that are huge risks. So for me, you know, Giddy Dort, obviously the two guys you'd look at first. Trey Mann, I think price-wise is not a bad play either. But more, more than likely going to have Phoenix exposure, possibly uh, none with the Thunder unless it's a last guy in scenario. All right, a couple things before we get to these final two games. Um, also want to you know shout out our other co-sponsor to this podcast, and that's BetUS. BetUS.com.pa, great place to go. We have a great offer with them that we're – brought back to life and are shooting out there. If you want to start betting on some NBA and some NCAA games with, you know, March Madness coming up soon, betus.com.pa is the best place to go. I've been a member there 16 years, uh, fantastic uh, bonuses. And it, we're offering, if you make your first deposit with BetUS for $149, you get a free membership to Coach Talk for two months. That includes everything that we offer, basketball, baseball, and golf going uh, during that period. So betus.com.pa, use the promo code COACHTALK, and you get two months free uh, with Coach Talk. So another fantastic offer from us there. If you want to join up uh, with us, we'd love to have you. We Join our family. We have the best Discord in the business. We have two fantastic offers going right now, and you just go to dfscoachtalk.com. The two offers are the Lucas Special, which is 77 bucks, of course. That goes all the way through April 1st and is all-inclusive to everything we offer. We also just uh, rolled out the second half NBA package, even though it's not really half, but we included the playoffs, all of the playoffs, and that's where we absolutely killed it last year. So you get that for uh, 212 or two payments of 106, but that goes from the 24th, so the Thursday start of all the games, all the way through the end, if it goes seven games in the NBA Finals, to June 19th. So 
it's a long stretch of games and a great opportunity. You get an awful lot of MLB and PGA with that offering as well. So we'd love to have you join us. Come on, get on the, the winning uh, bandwagon here. All right, last two games, both 10 o'clock games, after hours, late night sweat games. First one's the Denver Nuggets and Sacramento Kings. Denver's a four and a half point road favorite, 227 total. Pace is not good for Denver, 21st, but it's a big pace up game for them because Sacramento is seventh. On top of that, you've got Denver not playing as the defense they expected to play with some decent defensive players on that team. They're down to 19th, and Sacramento's the second worst defensive team in the entire league. The dumpster fire squad for sure. So lots of potential here, especially with Denver. I mean, do you go and buy up, use that buy up spot for the Joker? Certainly can. You know, he just, uh, as expected, just took it sort of easy in the All-Star game. Uh, but he's 12-5. So you've got to look at that potentially here as, you know, what is he going to pay off? You know, can he go 6-7x with a 12-5 tag? Uh, do you need those 50, 60, 70 points he's going to put forward? It's very possible, but it is, you know, a roster construction question. Uh, he's probably, uh, you know, got to be one of those top two or three buy-up options. Um, I'm probably not going to go there just for the simple reason that I, I've got some medium-sized build guys that I want to add into my uh, build without having to go super value. But with guys like Cameron Payne and different value that will open up, it does give you that option uh, to use that center spot, certainly for the Joker. And I would not recommend a total fade of them. But, you know, again, we build a lot of things hand built here at Coach Talk and build two, three lineups. So as of right now, he's on the cusp looking in, depending on if extra value opens for me. Other than that, though, Denver just has been hard to roster because you just can't count on them. Um, Gordon at times at five, six is okay, as well as Barton at five, eight, but they're not dead cheap, you know, and then you just got a big rotation of the other guys that I don't think are rosterable for me when I'm building basically cash hybrid lineups here for Sacramento, you know, again, you've got a pace down scenario, which isn't great, but they have really picked up the pace. Uh, they have handed the keys to Fox since they traded Halliburton and it's, you know, he's been busting it. He's 8-3, which is fair. And Sabonis is 9K, which is fair. Those are the two guys that you really have to consider here because their prices are down and they both, you know, have smash potential here. The rest of the group from Sacramento is a lot of just plug-in guys. Yeah, you can get some value with a Holiday Barnes, Harkless, DiVincenzo, Mitchell, Metu, Holmes, all those guys. I get it. But they're going to all rotate. They're going to all share some usage. And the propensity for them to disappoint as opposed to smash the slate is just not there. So it's all about Fox and Sabonis here for me. Choosing whether I go with both or one is definitely uh, a decision. Uh, maybe no exposure for Denver for me. If I can fit in extra value, it would be wonderful to have Joker, Sabonis, or Joker Fox. That would be a really nice thing going into that 10 o'clock uh, game. For the after-hour slate alone, certainly a high consideration 
uh, for those three players as well. All right, last game on the slate, seven-game slate. It's the last one, 10 o'clock, Golden State Warriors, Portland Trailblazers. Golden State, a road, seven-point favorite. It's a 222 total. Um, interesting game here. You've got 13th pace Golden State, 17th pace Portland, so middle of the road there. Golden State, of course, first in defense in the entire league. Portland, not so much, 26th, and they are letting up points in bunches. So where do you go here? Steph Curry and the insanity of 16 threes in the All-Star game. You know, is he gassed? Does he come into this a little tired? I mean, I know it's going to be a discussion. I, I mean, I doubt it, but he did push hard trying to bust that all-time record in scoring. Missed his last five shots, but 50, that ain't too bad, I guess. Uh, but 10-2, that's the question. Do you want to spend up here at the 10-2 tag? We've got a couple of other, like I say, only about three big pay-up guys, but he's one of them that you certainly can consider. You know, he could come out and, you know, be very aggressive and go right back after it. And, you know, if if that he is a streak shooter guy, of course, he's just a shooter, period. Uh, mostly his streaks are good. But, you know, he's had a down percentage year, to be honest with you. So maybe that sparks his confidence, sparks him into uh, getting it done. And he certainly has a pretty garbage Portland team here to, to try to defend him. So Curry in play at 10-2 without question. Clay Thompson rested at 6-7. You know, his minutes have been over 30 now. Finally, he's creeping into that 33-34 number. So he starts becoming more and more playable at 6-7. Uh, after that, Wiggins, 6K, you know, he, again, he hasn't been the same guy since uh, really Thompson came back. We'll see, you know, how he plays. A lot of rotation with the rest of the guys, though, with Draymond out, you know, between uh, Peyton, uh, Poole, Porter, Iguodala, Kaminga. You know, Kaminga at 4-5 has really shown a lot of promise either starting or coming off the bench. Gary Payton as well at 3-4 is somebody if you really – are looking for another value piece, could get decent minutes here, uh, and Jordan Poole at 5-1 also. So a lot of sharing, though, and with Curry and Thompson on the floor, they're still going to get the majority of the shots, and those are the two guys I think you have to consider the most. Portland, interesting. Anthony Simons is all the way up to 8-1, and he deserves to be. He's the main scorer on this team, period. I mean, he is... Uh, they've pretty much given him the keys. So he is in play at 8-1, certainly can be considered. Um, Josh Hart at 7-2 is showing up and is playing, and he's a stat stuffer, DFS darling. So certainly a guy you can consider. Um, Nurkic at 8-6, uh, he's had some huge games, but it's against that tough Golden State defense, even though the interior without Draymond's not nearly as good. But it's a big number for me uh, for Nurkic, so I'm probably not looking there. A couple other value plays. Uh, CJ Elby's only 4-5. Macklemore, 4-4. They're in the mix. If you want to go all the way down uh, to Trendon Watford, he's really highly in their rotation and one of their future guys at 3-4. But again, there's a lot of risk involved with that. Uh, guy that everybody was rostering the week before the All-Star break was Justice Winslow because he was like dead men at, at 3K initially, then worked his way up. He's all the way to 6-1. So, you know, it's not 
the same bargain there. Now that doesn't mean he's a terrible play because he is a guy that, you know, checks all the boxes statistics wise and still uh, can be considered. His ownership's going to be super low because his price has gone through the roof. So, you know, I think you find the extra money for Hart or Simons uh, really though at that number. All right, my friends, that is it. How about this NBA second half or, you know, third, third, whatever you want to call it, but it's going to be a, a great run here to the playoffs. We would love to have you join us, dfscoachtalk.com. We have an awesome team there, and we are ratcheting it up all over the place. We're, we're red hot, and we're looking forward to it. Friday is a nine-game schedule, so that's going to be awesome. And I get to do my two favorite podcasts of the week back-to-back with Josh Crash Davis. So we'll be doing that on Friday. Uh, and then Saturday, we've got a double dip. I'll be uh, going uh, live with Gundacker. So that'll be streamed live. We'll have that posted on Twitter and uh, in Discord, but we'll be going live uh, on YouTube. And then that will be posted as a podcast as well. But before that, in the morning, Crash and I will be doing our Saturday podcast also. Friday and Saturday, we both we uh, combine uh, a, a lineup for the two brains. FanDuel, we give a full FanDuel GPP lineup, two brains lineup that we build together uh, on that Friday podcast. And then Saturday, we're going to give you our top prize picks plays of the day. So that is it, my friends. Thank you so much for joining in. Basketball fever is all over the place here. Uh, let's get out to a fantastic start. And uh, we're going to be after it every day now. There's no days off for NBA anymore. Uh, we're all after it all the way through to the NBA Finals. So thanks for joining in. Enjoy basketball as we take the court again. And we'll definitely be back again tomorrow and every day for the NBA season. And we look to crush it in NBA DFS. <laughs>